actions of the heart, the good and the bad. So the last topic that we covered in Ramadan on the last day was uh, attendance in the masjid, going to the masjid, and the importance of that. And now inshallah the next topic that we'll be covering is reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or tawakkul. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Rabbi shahli sadri wa yassirli amri wa ahlul aqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Subhanak la ilma lana illa ma'alamtana. Subhanak la ilma lana illa ma'alamtana. Subhanak la ilma lana illa ma'alamtana. Ma ba'al. Topic on reliance on Allah. Sa'id al-Musayyib rahimullah narrated Iltaqaya Salman wa Abdullah bin Salam Salman and Abdullah bin Salam met one, one, one day فَقَالَ أَحَدُهُمَا لِصَاحِبِهِ One of them said to the other إِنْ لَقِيْتَ رَبَّكَ قَبْلِي If you meet your Lord before me فَالْقِنِي وَعَلِمْنِي مَا لَقِيْتَ So come to me and inform me of what you have encountered وَإِنْ لَقِيْتُ قَبْلَكَ and if I meet him before you, laqituka, I will come to you, fakhbartuka, and I will inform you. How? How is it possible? In a dream, right? <laughs> so they're making this pact. Come to, me, come to me in my dream and tell me what happened over there. Fatufiya <clears throat> One of them passed away. manam, And he met his fellow in his dream. فَقَالَ لَهُ And he said to him, تَوَكَّلْ وَأَبْشِرْ Put your trust in Allah and expect good news. Put your trust in Allah <coughs> and expect good news. فَإِنِّي لَمْ أَرَى مِثْلَ التَّوَكُّلِ For indeed I have not seen anything as great as tawakkul. قَالَ ذَلِكَ ثَلَاثَ مِرَارًا He said that three times. <laughs> so in reality, you know, we don't have anything besides tawakkul. Yesterday, someone was asking me, "Do you get tired? Do we should we get? I mean, should we not get tired with this non-stop struggle with Shaitan? Every day, every single day, he's coming at us. We push back. He comes at us. We push back. Maybe five out of ten times we lose. Maybe more. Ramadan just finished twenty-four hours ago. Already, we already sense the barakah going. We already sense the Shaitan affecting us in different ways. So they asked." Should we not, like, how do you not give up? So I said, what do you mean give up? If you give up, and that means you're basically saying, I'm ready, I'm pleased to go to Jahannam. I don't know about you, I can't handle Jahannam. There's no way. So we don't have an option. There's no such thing as, let me just give up. You cannot give up. Because if you give up in fighting back, pushing back, that means you're okay with leading a life in which shaitan is on top of us, pushing us towards kufr, pushing us towards sin. And the end of that is the wrath of Allah. So then how do you fight? How do you push back? And the way we push back is through tawakkul. Say, Ya Allah, even if shaitan deceives me and I make mistakes, but I have reliance upon you, that you will always look out for me and you will always have mercy on me and you will empathize with me and you will feel sorry for me and you will realize that I was not intentionally trying to deceive you. 
but I have, been, I have deceived you, I have de- shaitan and nafs have deceived me. And so this type of tawakkul is what is going to get us out. So it's a very nice topic to be speaking after Ramadan. Because many times people after Ramadan wonder, how are we going to stay strong? And you will stay strong through the barakah of tawakkul. That things will naturally not always be the way you want it to be. Uh, it's going to happen. But tawakkul is something which will inshallah keep us going and not allow us to become depressed or have the post-Ramadan blues, as they call it. Once, once we start, <coughs> once we start going down. Abdullah ibn Yazid al-Khatami and Muhammad ibn Ka'b al-Quradi thinks that this was related directly to the Prophet ﷺ. That the Prophet ﷺ used to say, this is the dua that we're reading on one of the days in Hezbollah Adam. Beautiful dua. Allahumma rizuqni hubbak. Oh Allah, give me your love. Wa hubba ma yanfa'uni hubbu indak. And the love of those things and those people whose love will benefit me in your eyes. Allow me to love you and allow me to love such people and such, th- such actions and such people whose love for them will be a benefit to me in your court. Okay? Allah, ma razaqtani mi ma uhib. O Allah, make your provisions which I love a source of strength a source of strength for me to do what you love. Whatever you have removed from me of what I love, make that an opportunity for me to do what you love. So, the first part is understood. Grant me your love and the love of such people, such actions that will grant me Benefit in your eyes. The next one is, O oh Allah, whatever you have given me from what I love. Like, <coughs> I love wealth. You've given me wealth. I love health. You've given me health. I love children. You've granted me children. I love spouse. You've granted me a spouse. I love parents. You've granted me a spouse. Parents. I love to have a comfortable home. You've given me all these things I like. Let's not stop there. Make allow all of these things now that you have given me what I like, make that a source of strength and power and, and a, may, a way of fulfilling those things which you like. What does Allah want? Allah wants us to see, in the, see us in the masjid. Allah wants us to be punctual in our dhikr. Allah wants us to be punctual in our tilawa. Allah wants us to have great akhlaq. Allah wants us to care for the poor. Allah wants us to feed people. Allah wants us to show empathy to His creation. Now that I have wealth, let this wealth be used in a manner that you wish. Now that I have a spacious home, let that be used in a manner that pleases you. Now that I have a comfortable relationship with my spouse, allow that to be used for, your, for the deen. Now that I have obedient children, allow those children to not just be obedient to me, but rather obedient to you. Allow these children to do something for the deen. Now that I have health, allow me to not only simply look after myself and my family, but utilize this health for the benefit of deen. Very powerful dua. Because we have these blessings, but these blessings will become problems and musibah and adab if we do not use them for the benefit.
Many people have a spacious home today. But what is a spacious home being used for? Is a question. Many people have beautiful, comfortable cars. But what are they being used for? The key thing is, we should use this for the deen. One person who built one chesert sahab, he built the entire madrasa in Faisalabad where I studied. He built it in 2000-2001 Owns 5-6 factories Cookie biscuits Biscuit factories Allah bless him with so much wealth He is what we call Anguta Chap <laughs> Anguta Chap means He absolutely illiterate He takes his hand And stamp it Genuinely I'm telling you He doesn't know how to read or write Not many people maybe know that But this is how it is So one day I happened to hitch a ride with him to back to the madrasa. So we were just talking in the car, and he was telling me how Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has blessed him with five factories, and although everyone around him always pushes him to do more, all Festival is known for mills, clothing mills, textiles, textile mills, a lot of, lot of money there, business people. So he said they always push me to invest more. And get into this, get into that. But he says, most of it is all interest related. Riba, riba, money. There. He said, I want nothing to do with that. That's why I tell people, I'm happy with my five. I don't want more. Because it's halal. There's not a single cent of riba in this. Now what happened is, the fact that Allah gave him five factories, there's people who have 10, 10 mills, 20 mills, much more than him. How many people can say that they built from scratch an entire madrasa? <laughs> a huge madrasa. And then how many can say that they have a house next to Mulan Atarajimil's house <coughs> with 70 rooms? I'm t- he told me this himself. He said, the reason I have these 70 rooms, this is like a hotel. He said, any sheikh, from, any, wants, any sheikh wants to come with all his murids, all his students. You want to come, you stay at my place, it's on me. You bring 70, 80, 100 of your students. All the people, local people are going to come to attend the programs. Come, you stay in my house, eat, drink, sleep. This is your madrasa, this is your khanqa for as many days as you want. MashaAllah. And I would sit him, I would see him sit. You know, this is old, this is from 22, 23 years ago. I would sit, I would see him sit in front of Hazrat Mawlana Tajibul Sahib in his bayans. Friday night bayan in the markaz, Friday Juma bayan. His name was Shahzad Anko. He would sit and he would literally, I, I kid you not, he would cry the way a baby cries. I would be looking at him like, man, so this uncle, how is he crying? Body shaking. Right? Takes so much effect from the talk. Allah gave him wealth, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed him to use that wealth in the best possible manner. Such a simple person. The key, this is what we're learning from this dua. Is that alhamdulillah, we, should, we always ask Allah for increase in this, increase in this, increase in this. But ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to use those things in a manner that Allah wants. Otherwise, all of this is going to become adab. How much can you sin with a thousand dollars? Not much. But you can sin a lot more with a million. And a lot, lot more than ten million. And beyond that with a hundred million. So money can be definitely, definitely, definitely a curse. Spacious home can be a curse. Expensive, beautiful cars can be a curse. And even health can be a curse. 
a seasoned murderer, a seasoned gangster. He can't do it if he's sick. It's his health that allows him to do that. So health can be a curse in if it enables you to sin. <coughs> this is what we're learning here, is that don't just ask for, for more health and wealth and children and this and that. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the ability to use that in a manner that is pleasing to Him. Now, there's many things that we wanted, but we didn't get. Sometimes a person, perfect example, a person wanted to have children. He doesn't have children. And now it's 18 years into the marriage, 20 years into the marriage, and you say, you know what, I don't want to get married. My, my wife has been at my side, and I don't want to marry another girl, another lady. Or additionally, the problem is with the man himself. What are you going to do? You can adopt kids, whatever. So, what, what is a person going to do at this time? 18 years, 20 years. You know what, brother? Now, why don't you use this? You start making this dua. Ya Allah, I wanted to have kids. I guess you're not going to give it to me. So now, instead of just sitting there in a corner crying all day, utilize that free time of not having children to do some great work of deen. Because having children definitely is a huge blessing. But guess what? There's so many things that we can't do. Our, our wives can't do because of the fact that they have kids. We can't do <coughs> because we have children. But if you don't have the responsibility of kids, then, what do you, then you can do whatever you want. And in the terms of the deen. One of our colleagues, Subhanallah, having parents, can there be a blessing beyond having parents? No. Greatest blessing is to have your parents alive. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also serve our parents who are alive, earn our jannah by serving them. And those who have lost them, like I was just thinking right before, right before I began speaking, I was just thinking about Brother Moise, our beloved Musalli and, and Khadim of the Masjid, how he lost his father. So it's tough your first Eid without your parents. May Allah elevate his status and grant him Jannah for those and grant Sabr Jamil to him and, his, and all of his siblings and his children and his family. I mean, so, you know, not having parents, tough thing. Now, what should a person do? Say a person was made khidmah of his mom and dad at the very end, old age. Now all of a sudden, when the time arrived, they're gone. But what should we do? person cries yes you have your mourning period three days one week one month but then after that you have to do something and so you say okay the time that I used to do khidmah for my parents no, I'm going to do that I'm going to dedicate that time to do khidmah of orphans khidmah of widows khidmah of the masjid khidmah of, 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 of deen and this ajar and hasanat I'm going to send it to my parents <coughs> that is what we're talking about. Ya Allah, I want to have my parents with me, but they're gone. I want to have my blessing of my children, my spouse with me. I don't have this. This empty spot, empty space that now I find in my heart and in my schedule, allow it to be dedicated to serve and to do what you want me to do. So we should all recite this dua. If we know the Arabic, great. Otherwise, in English or our own language. And as I had mentioned, this is uh, one of the du'as that is in Al-Hizb Al-A'zam. Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhu narrates, كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يكاد يقوم من مجلسه إلا دعاء بها ولا دعوات. 
the Prophet ﷺ almost never rose from his gathering without making this dua. Like we're gonna rise up from this gathering in a little bit. Every gathering, the Prophet ﷺ would make this dua. What is it? Such, you've heard me saying this dua. I've learned this from my teacher when I was a young kid. He would make this dua. That's one of the benefits of making loud dua after salah. Most of the duas that I know are from childhood because I memorized them. When <coughs> my Ustad Sab used to recite those duas after Zohar also, after Asr also, after Isha also. So a lot of times we say this bid'ah. True, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on a regular basis did not make collective loud dua after salah. But this is like how we just heard Mulana just read the duas. Are we all learning it slowly? Yeah? So we're thinking of inshallah maybe incorporating this to do it daily. Now, not just keep it for Ramadan. And what do you all think? Azibai? What do you think? Good idea? Right? So inshallah if we do this in the next 40 days by Eid al-Adha, hopefully we all know it. And make sure you get this card. If you don't have it, or you have, I'm sure all of you have a digital copy of it on your phone. If you don't, I mean, it's shared many times on that group. Every morning people, brothers share it. Otherwise you can get a copy of this print from the office. If we ran out, come check. Um, like on Monday, we'll get you more of these. Inshallah. But, the point is, dua after salah, is how you memorize it. So, this is why some of the things that our elders did was beautiful. <laughs> Before they did tashaddud sakhti on, on what? On topi, covering the head. It's not farz, not wajib. But the whole crowd would have a topi. They would cover their head. You come into the masjid, you really look like you're in a group of, mashallah, practicing Muslims. What is the alamat in India? Between a Hindu, Sikh, and a Muslim. If it's not a topi, the biryani wala. Huh? Biryani wala. He's got his topi. You know, he's legit. Go eat his biryani, brother. He sells his biryani inside. You know what I'm talking about? He's got his topi there. That's all. Maybe he didn't pray, but he's got his topi there. The topi, no, that is the alama. He's a Muslim. How many probably janazas have happened in India simply because the brother was wearing a topi? He's lying dead in a train station, farm somewhere. We don't know. But he had a topi. You know, he's a Muslim. Imam Zaid Shakir, one day he made a post. He said, if you don't want to wear a topi, at least wear it out of solidarity for the women. That your own wives and daughters are wearing their hijab, scarf, niqab, jilbab. And they're not afraid. At least you tell them not to be afraid of outsiders. What about you as a man? Why are you afraid? Or why are you trying to blend in? When your wife doesn't worry about blending in. When your daughter doesn't worry about blending in. SubhanAllah, so this is deep. Sometimes our ulama, you know, they, uh, they, 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 are, they teach certain things. But we say, oh, this is, you know, too, too much sakhti, too, too much harshness. And, and, and why so much emphasis? But in reality, there's a huge benefit in it. It's your identity. It's your identity. So that's why similarly, doing dua after salah, I understand continuous emphasis on it to a degree where everyone thinks the sunnah is not good. That is why Many of the imams, what they do, they'll do collective dua maybe three times a day, and twice a day they won't. <coughs> or they'll do it once a day, but every couple of days they won't do it. To, to break that habit. To, not people, to, let, to let people know that this is not obligatory. So this is one of the duas that the Prophet ﷺ used to do from in every majlis. Now let's go through it. Allahumma qsib lana min khashiyatik ma yahulu bihi baynana wa bayna ma'asik. 
Oh Allah, beautiful dua. Iqsim lana. Bless us. Grant us. Qasama yaqsimu means to distribute. Taqsim. Distribute for us. Min khashyatika. From your fear. From your fear. Fear of you. Grant us so much level of fear. Hala yahulu means to become a barrier. Ba yahulu bihi baynana wa bayna ma'asik. Such level of fear that will come, become a barrier between us and your disobedience. Ya Allah, may itna aapki khashiyat de de, jo aapki nafarmani hamse, yani na ho na ho paaye. Aapki nafarmani na kar sake ham, hamare aur aapki nafarmani ke darmiyan ek divar ban jaye. Grant us love, this level of of fear that will become a barrier between us and your disobedience. وَمِن طَاعَتِكَ مَا تُبَلِّغُنَا بِرَحْمَتَكَ And O oh Allah grant me such obedience of yours that مَا تُبَلِّغُنَا بِرَحْمَتَكَ And one riwayah that we should use مَا تُبَلِّغُنَا بِجَنَّتَكَ Such level of obedience will allow us to reach your mercy or allow us to reach your paradise. ہم سے اتنی عبادت کرنے کی توفیق عطا فرمائے جو ہمیں آپ کی جنت تک پہنچائے پہنچا دے یا پھر the reality is <coughs> the thing that will get us to Jannah is what? Hmm? Allah's mercy but to become worthy of Allah's mercy you have to do something you don't just become worthy of Allah's mercy by just sitting on the floor on the ground doing nothing so grant us to do such amount of ibadah they will become worthy of your mercy to get worthy of entrance into Jannah. Oh Allah, grant me such yaqeen, such certainty, such conviction. Conviction in what? In the fact that whatever good and bad happens, happens because you willed it. No one can stop you. No one can repel whatever you decide. No one can turn around your decision. To be pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decision. This is very, very important. People, you want them to get married, they're not getting married. People, you want them to stay healthy, are getting sick. People, you want them to keep their jobs, they're losing their jobs. Loads of stuff happens every day in your lives. Subhanallah. Ajeeb. You know? For us, maybe Eid. Yesterday I spoke to someone. He said, whole day I'm going to be in court. 9 a.m. I called him. He said, yeah, I'm sorry, I won't be able to talk to you. Hold in court, his nephew, a little while ago, not a little while ago, a little years ago, got shot dead in a gas station in a holdup. And tomorrow was his final day in court. Here we are celebrating Eid. And over there, someone's all day in court. Yesterday, how many hundreds of people probably lost their moms and dads, lost their sons and daughters, lost their spouses. It's interesting. So you see, one, day's, one, day's, one man's Eid, another, another person's janazah, another person's matam. Another person lamenting over what has happened. This is, you can't see anything. You can't see anything. Whatever Allah wants, happens. That requires yaqeen. Before the creation of Jibreel and Mikail and Israfil and Malakul Maut, Allah already had decided who shall perish on what day. Who shall lose their child on what day. Who shall lose their parent on one day. Who shall lose their jobs on which, which day. All that was written. You just have to accept it. But it's easier said than done. What makes it easy? How do you able to do this? Yaqeen. Yaqeen. 
وَمِنْ الْيَقِينَ Ya Allah, grant me such level of yaqeen, as I said, yaqeen on taqdeer. Yaqeen on good and bad happens from Allah. مَا تُهَوِّنُ عَلَيْنَا مُصِيبَاتِ الدُّنْيَا Which will make disasters of this world easy for us to handle. Then I tell you, one of the brothers, Dr. Human was telling me, when he went to the region that was struck the heaviest through the earthquake in Turkey, he went with a bunch of students from Ibn Khaldun University who were like becoming psychologists and whatnot. So they're wearing their vest, emotional health, you know, etc., etc. Emotional health, uh, I don't know, whatever they call that. So, you know, uh, uh, psychiatric well-being, etc. He said, they were walking around the tents of these people who lost everything within 45 seconds. And they're sitting in tents and freezing cold. Yeah, but you need anything, you need anything. Every single person said, no, no, no. Okay, Jazakallah, alhamdulillah. Brother Umani, Dr. Umani, you know, he wears a beard, wears a tobe, he wears his kufi and whatnot, and turban. So they thought he's a mullah, khaja, what do they call it? He's a mullah nasab. So they said, come. So he said, he was asking, he wasn't wearing that vest. So people weren't recognizing him as, as like a health worker. They thought he's a malana. So they, everyone, every person in a tent, he said, literally went, grabbed them, said, please, can you come with us? Come sit in our tent. And every single family in a tent is offering him cookies, biscuits, chai, whatever they have. They wanted the blessing of the sheikh. <coughs> he started looking at them. He started asking them, how do you guys handle this? And he said the answers were just, you know, tear-jerking answers. He said, Alhamdulillah, Allah took one child away, but He still gave us three. Allah took one, one kids, Allah took one parent away, but left one parent. One of them, one kid, is taking Brother Uman around. He said, you see this crater, this hole, from which the building had demolished? From that same hole, we were able to eventually pull out my sister alive. But my brother never made it. He's still in there. SubhanAllah. He said the level of Ridha bil Qada was just shocking. How these people were so content. And the children, he said, one of the children said, we wish you could have earthquake every day. He said, what? He said, yeah, because you know why? They had some people donated bouncy houses, bouncy castles. They brought some food. And so, amongst all complete demolished dwellings, all the kids are running around. Those who are alive. They're having fun with each other. Playing in, with their little bouncy castles. And of course, no school. Everything is destroyed. They're coming. They say, you see that third floor there? It's like now first floor. That's our room. Let's, let me take you inside. I want to show you my room. And he's like, no, 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 you can't go inside. This building is, demol- is, is collapsed and it can fall over any time. So he said, I had to literally stop these kids who were excited to show me their collapsed bedrooms. Such level of just ease and comfort within the kids and the parents. Saying, Alhamdulillah, Allah has been kind to us. Allah has been kind to us. When in 45 seconds, they lost everything that their generations had even saved up. How are you able to do this, brothers? This is through Radab al-Qadha. I remember one of my ustad, Qari Salih, 
it was on the day of Eid. It was the day of Eid al-Adha, 2005. He went to go visit his in-laws, his wife's family. And on the way back, coming back to Dar al-Ulum Zakaria, there was a, right during the day, maybe drunken driver, I'm not sure what, a head-on collision. And subhanAllah, he lost his wife, and he lost, if I remember clearly, three. Yeah? Uh, two or three, three of his children. He had, yeah, and he basically only had one child remaining. That's it. Wife and all other kids passed away. On the day of Eid. Right. And uh, so I was, I was in Egypt buying the books that we have here in the library. 2005. So I missed the janazah. But my classmates, when I came back, told me, they said, we just couldn't believe it. He came, with, you know, in the madrasa, musalla, the huge hall, the takrar room where janazah took place. And he said, every single person, no one could control themselves. The teachers, his own teacher, he's a graduate of the Arlam Zakaria. His own teachers couldn't control themselves. Everyone is just in state of shock and crying. But he had a straight face. He had a straight face. And uh, said, how did this Mawlana Qari Sahib handling it? And, uh, and that's how he handled it. MashaAllah, he's a strong Dari. You know, he's always involved in the effort of da'wah. Always be with the greatness of Allah. Himself went, he's always active in the effort of da'wah and tabliq in the madrasa. So the, the, the connection with Allah and the strength that, you know what, there's no way I could have stopped this. I'm sure naturally he cried when he went home. How could he not? But the idea is the strength that comes <coughs> from Allah. What you call <coughs> comes in hadith. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> it comes in hadith that whoever tries to remain patient, <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant him patience. Manta sabbara, sabbara Allah. Whoever tries to remain patient, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants him patience. And so, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not put upon you more than you can handle. That's true. He could handle it. Then I had one Abdullah Sahab, my other very beautiful, amazing teacher. He had one eldest son, Mufti Ismail. And mashallah, he was a teacher in a madrasa. Not married yet. Very good istiadad, great ilm. And he went to go visit another madrasa with the students to Durban. Coming back from a conference from the madrasa, student is driving his brand new BMW. I don't know what happened. Fell, fell asleep at the wheel or whatnot. Car accident happened. All the students survived. He passed away. All right. Then similarly, we had another ustad whose son drowned in a swimming pool. So this reminds me of what the Salaf would say. When these type of horrific type of difficulties would happen to the Salaf, yani the pious predecessors, the ajib way they would respond, they would say, we did not know 
that we enjoy this status with Allah. That He would choose to test us in a manner like this. You know in the game, got 30 seconds left in the game, and you're losing by 7 points. And the coach says, I want you on the, I want you on the court. Who, me? Like me? Seriously? Man, I, I'm in the bench warmer. He says, no, 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 I want you on the court. That means what? He has trust in you that you can change the tide of this game. 30 seconds, down by 7 points. Wouldn't you feel honored? Whatever happens after that, Allah knows best. But you feel special. This is the example. Ya Allah, from all the people, you chose me to go through this difficulty of losing a ch- three children on the day of Eid. Losing my wife on the day of Eid. Uh, losing my son, one and only adult son, uh, in a car accident. You see how the perspective is? The glass half full, half empty. The perspective is, I'm honored. I can't believe I've been chosen to handle this type of difficulty. MashaAllah. This is what you call true tawakkul. This is what you call true, true yaqeen. That you believe, you don't ask for it. You don't say bring it on. You ask for afiyah. But then when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throws it on you, then you say, okay. If you threw it on me, then I expect you to give me the strength to be able to handle it as well. Because no one can give that strength besides Allah. SubhanAllah. وَمَتِّعْنَا بِأَسْمَاعِنَا وَأَبْصَارِنَا وَقُوَّتِنَا مَا حَيَيْتَنَا Oh Allah, grant us our hearing, our eyesight, and our strength for as long as you keep us alive. Allow us to benefit from our ears, our eyes, and our physical strength till the very last breath. We don't want to lose this. We don't want to lose this blessing. وَجْعَلْهُ الْوَارِثَ مِنَّا And then, O oh Allah, appoint an heir from us. What does that mean? Meaning you want your good work to be continued on by, through the legacy. And you want your legacy, your children, and those who are coming after you, to also enjoy good health, good eyesight, ear, ears, and physical strength. Huge blessing. وَجْعَلْ ثَأْرَنَا عَلَى مَنْ ظَلَمَنَا Oh Allah, avenge us against those who wronged us. Do not allow us to be fighting with those who are with us. Allow us instead to fight against those who truly have oppressed us. And we want you to become our avenger. Instead of us fighting back, you, defend on, you, you take on the role of defense from our point. Avenge us from against those who've wronged us. وَانْصُرْنَا عَلَى مَنْ عَادَانَا And Ya Allah, help us against our enemies. We're, we're coming to the near ending of this dua. وَلَا تَجْعَلْ مُصِيبَتَنَا فِي دِينِنَا O Allah, do not place our musibat in our affliction, in our deen. Ya Allah, humari musibat ko, aap humara imtihan lena chaatein, dunya me lele, deen me na le. If you want to test us, test us in our dunya, not in our deen. Very important. If we, if we have a choice between stop coming to the masjid and losing some money, I'd rather be tested by losing some money than being deprived from returning back to the masjid. 
because I'll make that money back somehow or another. And if I can get myself to the masjid, I can get anything done. But if I get deprived of praying salah, I can't get anything done. So if you want to test me, please don't test me. Don't put me to trials. But if you do so, please make sure that that musibah and test is not in my deen. Let's not ever have to get married to someone who pushes us away from the deen. They might make our dunya a little bit tough. So be it. But let not our spouse be from amongst those who make our deen tough. Our children, make my, our children and our parents may make our dunya tough. But Ya Allah, do not allow our children and our parents to make our deen tough. The country we live in might be hard to earn money. But don't make our deen tough. You know, I was speaking to some people from Dubai. Some workers work in a meat store. Ajib, they were telling me, they're like, Bhai, I'm India, say, we came from India to Dubai for a better job. But when COVID happened, they were telling me what type of horrific conditions there were. You may have heard, but it's something to listen from someone, from a horse's mouth. And say, so, yeah, we didn't have food to eat. It was crazy. There was nothing. Everything was closed. We had no money. Everything was closed. Food was just not there. People were starving in, a, in one of the most wealthiest countries. But another horrible thing was there was no Eid. There was no Jummah. There was no daily Salah. There was nothing. And they're like, literally, we were wished we were back in our village in India. Because at least we were able to do these things. Even in COVID time. Musibat came in the deen. People who have iman, they'll say we'd rather have a musibat in dunya than the musibat of deen. Is this is what the dua of Rasulullah is. وَلَا تَجْعَلِ الدُّنْيَا أَكْبَرَ هَمِّنَا Oh Allah, do not make this world our greatest worry. But what's on your mind? What are you stressed about? Bills. What you're stressed about? Rent. What you're stressed about? Mortgage. What you're stressed about? You know, children's college education. No, Ya Allah, don't make it like this. My biggest worry should be my children's salah, my wife's uh, deen, my own deen, my grandson and daughter's Qur'an, the condition of the ummah after Ramadan. That's what should be stressing you out. I should not be stressed about dunya. This is the dua. Do not make my greatest concern and worry the dunya. Do not make dunya the extent of our knowledge. Meaning, in dunya, you ask me anything about water, water, bottling, plants. I'll go on for 10 minutes speaking about different types of purification of water and reverse osmosis and different types of saline plants. And God knows what. And brother, we just said, right, can I have some bottled water? Right? That's all I was asking, not for a bayan. Just I was asking for some water. But we go on. Like Manamullah Sahib, he says, someone said, is this your car? Oh yeah, you like the rims? You like the, you know, brakes? You like the color? You like the, uh, you know, the, the, the engine? You like the muffler? He's, and he starts bayan on it. And he says, Bhai, I was asking you because it's parked in the handicap spot. Can you please move it? <laughs> That's all I was saying. Please move your car because it's parked in the wrong place. I don't need to hear a bayan about the fadail and the virtues of your car. He said, this is our condition. Is this your son? 
Oh, mashallah, this one. Oh, mashallah. He, Fadail, he's graduate. He's, you know, valedictorian from this school. And he's also, he did his, mashallah, in his sleep. And alhamdulillah, mashallah, you know, he's got all bunch of proposals even though he's not even baligh yet. And you go on and on. No, I was going to tell you that he was making the most noise during taraweeh. Please next time, keep him next to you. This is a condition. You know how people love to praise their kids? And when the kids were coming to tell by this kid is messed up. No, 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 we don't want to hear it. SubhanAllah. So he was saying, this is our infatuation with dunya. Infatuation with dunya is that even if someone just touches something, we go on and on and on and on and on. But if someone says, Man Rabbuk, please tell me who is Allah that you worship? I don't know. Go ask the Mulana Sab. Tell us some, something beautiful about the Prophet ﷺ. Why should I love him? I don't know. So when it comes to deen, we're zero. When it comes to dunya, you know more than you need to. This is what we're speaking about. Ya Allah, do not make dunya the extent of my knowledge. That all I know, pucho bhai, mutsi jo pucho. Ask me whatever I want, but it should be about the dunya. Deen ke baane about deen, don't ask me about taharat, wudu, tayammum, zakat. No, don't ask me about that. This is what we're seeking refuge in Allah from. Lastly, Allah, do not give power over us to those who will not show mercy. Do not allow merciless people to be our leaders. What a beautiful dua. Do not allow merciless people to be our leaders. This is the dua of Rasulullah from every majlis. This is why, could we have thought of a dua like this? Yourself. You'll sit here till Isha, you won't be able to make such duas like this. This is Rasulullah's dua in every majlis. That is why it's so important to go through the Prophet duas. If you don't already have the Hezbollah get it. I can send you a PDF. Otherwise, get it from the bookstore when it opens. But go through one section of it every day. Read the English. You don't have to read the Arabic. Read the Urdu. No problem. But do read through these duas. And it will, it will teach you and I how we should be asking from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I ask Allah to accept this dua on our behalf in this majlis. And whatever khair and good was said, may Allah inspire myself who is most in need and all of us to have the highest levels of tawakkul, to have the highest levels of yaqeen in Allah, to protect us from the evils of our nafs and shaitan. May Allah grant us istiqamah in Salatul Fajr, istiqamah in Salatul Aisha and all the durus that we attend. And may Allah our wives and our daughters and our sons also to be connected to His house. Amin Rabbil Alameen. Inshallah, the next program will be happening with Salatul Dhuhr, Asr Maghrib Nisha. And the rest of the prayers, if you're in town, please come. And uh, uh, Tuesday, inshallah, after Maghrib, will be our, our weekly tafsir. Inshallah, Tuesday nights after Maghrib will be our weekly tafsir. The Memorial Day weekend retreat. Continuously make dawah of it. Take some flyers. Invite all the people in your Eid party, wherever you may be going. Please, I request everyone to invite everyone. May 26th to May 28th will be the Memorial Day weekend retreat on... Um, on the changing of moral shifts and moral tides how vice has become virtue virtue has become vice I request everyone to please invite their family and friends inshallah to this uh, retreat inshallah let us perform our salat al-ishraq two rakat and two rakat make dua and then we have for those who are not fasting we have some um, some coffee and, and donuts or so inshallah subhanallah bihamdi subhanakallah bihamdik ashadu ala ilaha ilaha astaghfirullah wa natubu ilayk assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh